Welcome to the Nobody Told Me That podcast. My name is Teresa Duncan, and my goal is to share information that you probably weren't thinking about. I love preparing my friends for situations that may come completely out of the blue. I also want to share with you many of the tidbits I picked up over the years. If you absolutely have to tune out before the end of the show, make sure you check out the show notes for more details and information on today's topic. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day. back for another edition of Nobody Told Me That. And I have a long lost guest with me, Kevin Henry. How are you? Well, hello, Teresa. I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good. I talk to you all of the time, but it's because we have this other (laughs) podcast called Chew on This. And it's been fun to do that. It has been. And every once in a while, we randomly wander on to Dental Assistant Nation or, you know, (laughs) nobody told me that. So, hey, it's good to be with you on this medium as well. You know, on one of our Chew on This episodes, we talked about a hoverboard dentist. Do you remember that? Oh, of course. Who doesn't? Come on. <laughs> it was a pretty popular episode. I had uh, I had some friends that were like, what the heck is going on with this guy? Dr. Seth Lookhart up in Alaska, and he was filmed riding this motor or hoverboard. It's a what they call a motorized wheeled vehicle, which really is a hoverboard. Why did they have to make it so difficult? Just you call know, it a hoverboard. See, I was always thinking Marty McFly and what he was, you know, zooming around in, but the thing's got wheels. And I'm like, that's not as cool. Come on. <laughs> so, so apparently he's actually, uh, according to all of the court documents, which I will link in the show notes, and I'll also link the episode of Chew on this, but he had actually done some extractions while on the hoverboard and there was film of him doing this. So that I think is what everybody knows him from is the hoverboard dentist. You guys had articles on this, right? In Dr. Bicuspid? We did at the very start, but we at least started with it. And and certainly it was on a lot of the major news networks. I think it grabbed a lot of public attention, no doubt. You do a little bit more digging though. Yes, he's kind of notorious for being the hoverboard dentist, but there's actually more behind the story. And that part is the actually the worst part of it. If you could, if I can sit here and tell you that extracting on a hoverboard is not even the worst of it, then you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. That's the, that's when people go, Oh really? Tell me more. You know, <laughs> they start getting very interested. My goodness. So we'll do a quick rundown. I mean, we talked about it a lot more on the two on this podcast, but basically this guy, he was convicted on a ton of federal and misdemeanor charges that ranged from putting patients under without really needing to, and then defrauding the state Medicaid program. And up in Alaska, apparently, during the time they were operating and and doing all of this, Alaska Medicaid was a pretty good reimbursement program. And then as, as we'll talk about, as their rules changed and their reimbursement changed, so did Lookhart and his accomplice change their ways the accomplice was an office manager by the name of Shauna Cranford. She also pled guilty to medical assistance fraud as part of a plea agreement. So I'm guessing she provided some information. The interesting thing, Kevin, is that when we recorded the podcast, the other podcast, the sentencing for her had not happened yet. And I said I would update on it. And I have looked all over for news on it. And I can't find whether or not she's actually had more sentencing for it. So I'm wondering if she rolled uh, a lot more on this guy. 
It's very possible. I'll, I'll be honest. I have not uh, kept up as well with Shauna, but you're right. She's been out of the, the limelight a lot, a uh, lot more than uh, Dr. Dr. Lockhart has, no question. I have to say, he he seems to be very, very greedy because when he w- when he took the job in 2014, he agreed to 240,000 a year or 30 percent of the money he brought in, whichever was higher. So, first of all, 240,000 a year is a pretty decent starting salary for a dentist. It is, no doubt. And and one thing to keep in mind, you know, Alaska is a beautiful part of the world. Uh, I've been to many dental practices in Juneau and Anchorage, and I can tell you that the cost of living up there is absolutely insane. Really high, you mean? It is. Yeah. Next time you see a Red Lobster commercial, look underneath because it's going to talk about the 999 Lobster Fest or whatever. And everything always says price is not available in Alaska and Hawaii, like in the fine print underneath, just because I'm like, yeah, because it's 20 bucks up there. It's It's nuts. He actually, you know, I guess went instead of being happy with the two hundred forty thousand a year, he went all out for the thirty percent of the money, and uh, he was actually paid. Uh, let me see here. When he obtained his IV sedation license in two thousand fifteen, Medicaid ended up paying him about one point nine million for IV sedation services, and thirty percent of that is still a nice chunk of change. But he even tried to discover ways of keeping most of that for himself. Uh, he's been, you know, ordered to have some jail time to do some restitution. He had to pay a fine. And I don't know this for sure regarding him, but of all the cases that I've read and had to break down and talking with Susan Gunn, usually when restitution is ordered, it's almost like there's no teeth behind it because a lot of times the person has no money left to pay. Yeah. So, you know, good luck with good luck with that. The practice really uh, became lucrative once he started there. I'm sure that everybody was like, wow, this new guy is is great, you know. And in the state of Alaska, you know, I, I know that the, the population, you know, it shifted differently. You don't even have really suburbs out there. It's just cities, right? Because it's too cold to live in between a lot of the cities. Is that is that correct? It is. Think of Juneau and think that there the road literally ends as you're leaving Juneau. You cannot drive from Juneau to Anchorage. It's it's literally impossible. So you have to take wow. a boat or an airplane. Yeah, it's an interesting world up there for sure. Or hop a ride on a moose. What? Why wouldn't you? Let's be honest. Come on. The reason I bring up the population spread is that his practice in, in the year 2016, his practice alone accounted for 31% of all of the payments Medicaid made for sedation, IV sedation. You know, of course, somebody there you know, popped his head out of his office and said, hey, I think we need to take a look at this guy. Because when you run numbers like that, I mean, come on, you're going to get on somebody's radar. So I, I am not surprised that they caught him relatively quickly. So it seems like it all came down. He had about three good years and then the rest of it kind of went down from there. What I thought we'd do today, Kevin, because we are dedicated to entertaining the listeners. We are. Definitely our mission in life. We thought we would read the court documents to you. Okay, that's that's not actually what we're going to do because that would bore you to death. But what we are going to do is look into the court documents and go straight to the section where there are text messages between himself and the office manager, Shauna Cranford. 
Yeah. Kevin, are you are you excited about playing, uh, putting your Shakespearean skills to work? I, I can only wish that there was some dramatic music that would play behind as we read this, but I, I will do I will do my darndest to to uh, have a dramatic reading here with you. You know, and, and I wish I could like twirl a mustache or something, but uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll do what we can here, and and certainly we're not making light of the situation. <laughs> Let's make clear, but, but these these text messages, wow, that's that. Wow. So really the main gist of this is that not only was Lockhart the one who obviously wanted to profit on this, but Shauna Cranford, the office manager, was extremely complicit in all of this. In fact, even came up with some of the tactics to earn money. And and I wanted to do this role play, not just because we thought it would be funny, but because there's a misperception out there that if you're the office manager, you can just basically say, well, I was told to do this. You know, even though there's text messages, you may delete it on your end. What if your doctor didn't delete it on their end? And then there's always mess- records of text messages. One of the first things the investigators did when they came in was they took their phones and imaged it really quickly, forensically imaged it, and then gave the phones right back. So <laughs> somebody did that to my phone. I'd be like, oh, good luck with all of these crazy dog pictures that I've got on there. <laughs> if you can find something incriminating in Inca, you know, chasing Griffin, good luck. <laughs> but apparently with uh, Seth and Shauna, they must have started sweating because these text messages are something else. That, that's a great way to put it. I just remember a friend of mine always saying, nothing deleted is ever really deleted. You know, nope. it's like, oh boy. Yeah. Which is really a good reason. I Honestly, aren't you so glad that you and I are ancient and their social media was not around oh, dear God. in college years and all thank that kind you. of stuff? Yes, absolutely. Holy cow. Yeah, thank God there were no text messages back then. So, <laughs> But you know what? Let's be honest. You and I sending text messages back and forth, we'd still have to have them grammatically correct. Like we would never have these like... I just, we're so ridiculous. Okay. So, so let's get into these text messages. Basically the, the gist of it is uh, they're trying to figure out exactly how, how they could get more money out of the system. They were well aware of the restricted fee schedules that Medicaid paid. They were also, this is really sad, but they were also billing Medicaid differently than they were billing regular patients because they could get more money. Right. When you bill a Medicaid patient for you know units of sedation, it's quite lucrative. But you bill that same services to a non-Medicaid patient, they actually changed it and just did a flat rate of you know a certain amount. And I think what happened is Dr. Lucard, from my reading, it looks like he just wanted to do nothing but these procedures with sedation. So I think he even got to the point where he was used to doing it with sedation, was starting to look look for ways to make that happen. That's the background on it, that they, they got a little taste of the success and then thought, okay, well, we need to we need to pump this up a little bit. So the IV sedation is key. And then also, and I'll explain it when we get to it, but there's a point where the fee schedule changes for Medicaid. And that's where it gets really like, I think it's going to go from funny to what the... Yeah, yeah, buckle up. It's it's quite interesting. No Following series of text messages are exchanged between Lookhart and Cranford, and they were recovered from Cranford's phone. The texts that we're going to read are only a brief selection of exchanges because there's way more. And this particular section here is during the two-week period after Lookhart became certified to perform IV sedation. So that's key. Everybody's very excited about the money, money, money. So you are now Seth Lockhart. Poof. Yep. And I am now Shauna Cranford. 
And uh, so I am an office manager looking to to pump up production and you are excited about doing all sorts of stuff. That's all I'm going to say about that. So <laughs> go ahead and take it away. So pumped on the IV stuff. Super weird, I know, but hey. I'm actually very excited too. I've been waiting 10 weeks for this. It's going to be awesome and really drive things up here. Also, my permit is dated today, so we have to do oral for that sedation last week. Okay, I'll create the claim. I don't remember if we have that on my day sheet or not for that day yet. What What day day was it? Ah. See, I messed up. See, this is the problem. (laughs) This is a problem. You have a bad actress. <laughs> you don't try to be the doctor. I'm the doctor. Let <laughs> me go back to being the office manager, just the office manager. Okay, so go ahead, Dr. Lookhart. <laughs> yeah. What day was it? 519. Okay, so these text messages, it, it refers to a patient that he performed sedation on, but he did this before he was licensed to do so. And so since he got the license. Now he's saying to her, go back and change up the type of anesthesia that was used in the record because they use regular. Now they want to bill it for the IV. So it, it is very, very interesting that they're they're doing that. All right. Are you on the next page, Dr. Lockhart? You mean the text describing targeting Medicaid recipients for ID, IV sedation? That is it. All right. Uh, let's hit it. <laughs> also, I would like to see something to go out to villages, parentheses, Medicaid about coming in and doing IV sedation and getting all dental needs done in a short period of time. And depending on if you're, parentheses, Shauna, up for it, throwing in someone like travel assistance may be available. Yeah, I don't mind getting travel vouchers. Anything it takes to bring in cash, I'm up for. Do you think it would be a good idea to draft up a letter and send it to the dentist in the bush and say, hey, this is who we are and what we do? If you have patients who can't take care of, refer them to us and we can arrange travel depending on their insurance. Yes, I do. I can get one together and figure out where best to send the contact to. So we're going to take a break here for a second because I need you to explain to me what the dentist in the bush is. Are they hiding in the bush? Is it two dentists in a bush or we're three in the hand? Like what's what's going on there? Have you ever seen Jumanji? It's very similar. No, <laughs> uh, no, it's, you know, it, it's very interesting because... And I, I must ask, first of all, are you being serious? Do you want me to explain this? Yeah, I do. Oh, oh, my oh God. okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Oh, yes, please. All right. You know, sometimes you and I, <laughs> okay, anyway. So so the dentist in the bush is worth two and a hand. Let's be honest there. <laughs> and what, what happens is there's a lot of places in Alaska that are not incorporated, for lack of a better term. There isn't really a town there. There's There may be villages and so the in the bush refers to them going out to these unincorporated parts of Alaska that maybe are outside of Juneau or Anchorage or Nome or some of the, the more populous regions. So it's, it's really an interesting thing to see that he's still going to communicate with these dentists out there who, yes, they may not really think about we could do this and they're going to view it as an opportunity to actually help their patients and to offer them something that they can't really offer them there, you know, using quotes here in the bush. And Medicaid allows these vouchers. And so that's, that's an important piece too, is that they're using the Medicaid vouchers to bring patients in to have procedures done that Medicaid pays for that, you know, don't necessarily need to be done or, or weren't done and just were charged for. So it's the, the layout of Alaska itself really lent itself to this type of fraud. I mean, 
Yeah, he he absolutely figured out not only how to ensure the system worked best for him, but also knew that there were dentists out there who didn't have this kind of technology available. I mean, it really was that perfect storm. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right. Go on, good doctor. All right. Let's see. Where when we last left our heroes. <laughs> Furthermore, how long has Medicaid been doing these vouchers and how likely is it that they keep doing them? And once we do $3.5 million a year at the office, I'm moving my buddy up here as an associate and moving my other friend over from Brazil to do all our dentures. It's in the handbook they receive when they get Medicaid. It even tells them the process of getting travel vouchers and answers the FAQs. Is it a new thing? Nope. So it's not likely it'll go away anytime soon. Nope. So let's build a practice around it. Sedation. Let's medicate it up. Gold nines for all. And I think the nines are the travel vouchers. <laughs> I'm just assuming. <laughs> Charlie, you're supposed to know these things. Come oh on. <laughs> the criminal minds. <laughs> it would be nice if we had to hire someone just to coordinate travel for the patients. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for that line from you. I'm going to isolate that that slip. And that's what's going to be played every time you come on a podcast. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Don't mean to interrupt. (laughs) Well, now I'm out of character. (laughs) All right. Man, ever since we pulled the travel voucher ad on, our Facebook had gone silent. Yeah, give it a bit for me to establish a relationship with the travel department. Then we turn it on and get it in. Makes sense. Then we run an ad, live in the bush and want a gold nine. Let's medicate it up. LOL. (laughs) Okay, so that's one set of text exchanges and you can kind of see already. The intent is clear. They are looking for ways to just get as much as they can. So in one month, he was reimbursed 52,000 by Medicaid, you know, after this. And then by the second half, that was December 2015. By the second half of 2015, IV sedation became the highest billing code for Alaska Dental Arts, which is the name of the company that he was under. And that is a pretty, I mean, for... That to be the single highest billing code, that's pretty amazing, especially if you didn't do half of them. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say gold nines, baby. Gold nines. Gold nines. Okay. I would make that the title of the the episode, but nobody would know what that is. No, I'm kind of curious though. (laughs) I'm going to have to look this up. Okay. So he was actually working uh, with the two doctors, Dr. Brimhall and Dr. Rotun, which is not clear to me if they were part of this. It doesn't seem so because I haven't read anything about them. And, you know, a lot of times we hear stories that, you know, the associates are kind of running wild without the doctors looking. And it seems like that was that was it. And of course, if your office manager is complicit in it, you're thinking your office manager is looking out for the practice as a whole. But, you know, she's having some fun jacking up the numbers. So with all of this, Dr. Lookhart decided that, you know, he's he's making a lot of money for this clinic. He wanted to see about perhaps maybe doing things on his own. And the business relationship started to go south, you know, after all this money was coming in. And I no reason to believe it was because of the billing. Maybe it was other stuff. I just said it was going south. There is one argument that they had, which is that the owners actually did not pay for the sedation course that he took in order to get the license. So basically, from a doctor's point of view, I'm t- looking at it from Dr. Lookhart's point of view, I paid for my own course. I'm making all this money. Why should they profit off of right. it if they didn't even support me doing that? 
they started to think of other ways to getting reimbursed for um, the sedation instead of it going to the doctors, maybe making it, you know, part of an overall Medicaid scheme where they, they do things sort of separately. We're going to skip a little bit because there's some kind of, it, this is just very boring, actually. If you want to skip down, Kevin, yes. to the next page, 28, where it says, I'll start off with Maggie never asked me for something. If you see that already in your notes. Yes. Give me just a moment here. I, uh... Maggie is another employee and she's actually looking for charts and they don't want to give her the charts and they're suspicious of why Maggie wants the charts. Did you find it? I, I did. And at some point the nervous detector is going off here. You can just tell. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm going to start off. Maggie never asked me for something because she is curious about it. It's generally because BS, which is one of the senior doctors, wants something. Do not give it to her. I won't. They were unwilling to help pay for the course. They're already receiving more than they true should with me, only taking 30%. Weird side question, but could we start running some sedation through my personal Medi number? I agree. We are not here to kickstart ADA, which is Alaska Dental Arts, as an IV practice and provide all of the legwork. Yes, we could. I can send claims through their website for Lookheart Dental LLC. That's the Medicaid website because they have a portal. I know it might prevent me from coming at them for back taxes with a lawsuit, but it might be worth it. Our office production would drop and it would draw far less attention to the office. Will they be able to track it? I want it untraceable. They can't look at your claims at all and the check would go to your house. If you are billing procedures as well as the sedation, only bill under your LLC for ones that don't require authorization. Like sedation. It would only be sedation and probably not all of them. How would it look through Dentrix? We just wouldn't flag them as sedation and not put in the sedation charges. So it would look like you're doing less sedation. And I, there's a, just a, something that says, I'm surprised the power hasn't gone out. Maybe they have a, um, a storm or something. I think that's what I'd like to do. Even if we only do 50% of the sedations, it will drop their production to a more, using quotes here, normal, reasonable level. I would keep a separate copy of the sedation records that you bill under yourself. Sure. I can photocopy them and give them to you to store off-site. I guess they could catch on if they manually went through charts and saw a scanned record and compared to the ledger and if they, and they weren't showing there. I don't know that they're that smart. I'm sure they aren't. And as far as sedation goes, it's a pretty surefire payment, correct? As long as they are eligible, it pays out right away. How hard is it to set up? And what's the fee for 92.43? Set up what? You're already set up. So it's just start billing? I would just have to log into their website and submit the codes manually through the portal. Can they track that? The price is 170.76 for that code that you asked for. They meaning BS, the owners? BS cannot track it. Yeah, or anyone else. Just Medicaid would know. The RA would get mailed to your house. That's the remittance advice, the EOB. Sure, let's do it. Do we incrementally reduce volume or take a decent cut? That's up to you. A decent cut would draw some attention, but you can have some excuse. An incremental reduction would likely go unnoticed until a certain level, attrition. Sure. I would say our numbers should not, shouldn't not increase. LOL. Yes, I agree. Or the numbers should be around the average for sedation, like 40 to 50K. I would throw out our high of near 80K. I would say within six months, 50% gets billed out under the cartel. Kevin, what's the cartel? 
You know, Cranford and Lookhart often refer to their business and practices as the cartel. I wish I was that cool. You know, I mean, I wish when you and I did a podcast, we go, it's time for the cartel to get back together. (laughs) The dental cartel has no, that has no teeth on it. Let me just say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Okay, go ahead. All right. Back in character. Reasonable. Sounds good. I'll check out the portal a little today. I've never used it for sending claims, but was trained on it by Joan. It was simple enough. LOL. Okay. I would say we keep sedations around 25 a month under AK Dental Arts and still keep a record on the sedation Excel, but may star those billed under the cartel. (laughs) That's around 20 sedations to ADA. So like month what? Month one. Wait, what? Over the last six months, we've averaged around 40 sedations a month of, say, we keep around 25 going to BS and the remaining 50 go to the cartel. Got it. I thought you were talking 25K. Or perhaps do a better to do a percentage that will naturally ebb and flow. And I wouldn't have a day sheet on the cartel cases, correct? Correct. But I would make something so that tracking claims would be easier. So you would have a day sheet, just not a Dentrix one. Sure. Do you think 40% of sedations is reasonable and not noticeable? Start with 15% for Jan, then 25 for Feb, then 35 for March, and 40 for April and forward. Looks great. Thanks. All right. So, <laughs> wow. They don't even know who's on the schedule, but they're already planning this out. So it's just, it's starting to get a little bit like slimy, right? In this, this area. Uh, yeah. You think? yeah so the the checks and the uh eobs were sent directly to this guy's house you know the total amount that they took away from alaska dental arts during this time they estimate to be about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars about and then after uh the sale of the practice was completed he took in an additional one hundred twenty one thousand dollars. i mean this guy was really just rolling in it I wonder if they got him for tax fraud, too, because, I mean, how are you billing? I mean, I I don't know. This guy is just out of control. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. There's no question. There's something you should know about Medicaid is that there's some procedures that are generally covered and then some procedures that are just never covered. So that and that's really what's behind Medicare. I'm sorry, Medicaid billing. There was a cap of one thousand one hundred and fifty for adult Medicaid's and for emergency dental care. That was not counted in the 1,150. So basically, if you categorized anything as an emergency, Medicaid, you know, and if it was a covered service, like, of course, extractions and and endo, that would be covered under the Medicaid plan and any sedation related to it would be covered under the Medicare plan. However, in 2016, the government decided to up their fraud detection efforts And they decided also that they were going to change the fee schedule and change up some of the coverage. And so those procedures that I had mentioned that were usually 100% covered because they were emergency care, those were no longer going to be billable as emergency care. And some of the procedures they routinely billed as emergency care were now included in the annual 1150 annual cap. And now that means there's a significant reduction in potential earnings For these two, when two people who are making good money find out that they're going to lose a lot of their money, what do they do? They panic, maybe. They turn (laughs) on each other. They go crazy. There's lots of options here. (laughs) This section here is, I 
honestly was shaking my head this whole time because office managers, it's really on us to shine in the practice, but not in this way. You know, we have a lot of knowledge about the billing and how, how to bill. And this lady took that knowledge and turned it into something just very unethical, in my opinion. And I think the court's opinion, when you talk to somebody about ethics and they are so, you know, they're dedicated to living an ethical life, something like this would be just almost like it's a repellent. When you hear all of this, I'm hoping that inside you're like, oh my God, she was trusted to run this practice and she was trusted to be a good office manager and she took full advantage of this. So managers, if you're listening to this part, this is how easy it is to be seduced to making good money and to have a partner. Because when you have a partner, things, you know, you start to rationalize things a little bit. Well, he's helping us out and and we're working together. Doctors listening to this, I want you to think about how easy it is for this doctor to be told everything was going to be okay. And he was relying on her to give him the skinny on all of the codes. So obviously he's looking to do bad stuff, but how many times have you asked your office manager, what's the code on this and how can we do this? And you trusted their answer because you thought that they had, you know, the knowledge and the ethics behind it. I'm not saying every office manager is suspect. That's not at all what I'm saying, but I always want you to be aware. I guess that's the the lesson behind all of this. And and I'm going to take it a little step further and I'm going to say what I always say to my dental assistants out there whenever I'm lecturing to them, you know, because we had that case in Oklahoma with the sleep dentistry and the dental assistants who were administering the IV because the doctor told them it was okay. You know, it's always something that you've got to check and, and, and double check to make sure that if somebody tells you, oh, it's okay, is it really, you know, and, and I think that you go down a real slippery slope where all of a sudden you start rationalizing that things are okay if there's a benefit, whether it's you get some time back, you get extra money, whatever it is. I mean, there's just so many things that you and I both see in the dental industry every day. And again, it's a small subset of practices, but we mm. still see enough of it to go. These are warning bells that should have gone off and hopefully are going off in other practices to never do this. Yeah. You got to listen to that, you know, icky meter in yep. your, your belly. So, all right, Dr. Lookhart, let's start this, this unfortunate series of texts. <laughs> Shauna. Why is there all this talk about Medicaid change? Are we missing something? That's what I've been trying to figure out. But all changes have to be proposed and listed on their site. And I don't see anything like that. You're positive? Well, I'm looking now to see if I can find anything. A new fee schedule got uploaded for Medicaid benefit year starting in July. I just found it. Ish. Any major changes? And link, please. She puts in a link. And I'm not going to read out the link, obviously. But she puts in a link to the new fee schedule manual. I just found it. So I haven't looked yet. Do do you want me to say this? No, I would say, well, expletive. Well, well, expletive. Maggie is right. Fillings aren't emergent. So remember, this is where the three and four surface fillings that he would routinely do because they were classified as emergency and not subject to the max. This is where they become non-emergency classified. Well, Expletive. That changes things a ton. Sedation is still covered. Like a ton, a ton? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> that also. <laughs> I can't wait to isolate that. Too. <laughs> I know. Like a ton, a ton? Uh, okay, back to character. That also means we need to clean out all adult medi treatments plans with fillings. So basically, only extractions are covered for adults and, almost, and means almost zero crowns. 
basically I won't do fillings on adults unless they're sedated. And it will be one quad per three-hour sedation period. Yep. They do cover more in the denture stuff now, though, and partials for kids. We should run an ad for Medicaid saying, if you need fillings, get them now before you will not have coverage. And then work a crap ton doing fillings. Yeah, we will have to bust them out fast when you get back. We need to blast a Medi Facebook ad for your return. Yeah, like crazy. Big expletive. (laughs) (laughs) That seriously just took one to two million away, if not more. We need to focus on more 12 to 18 year olds. And make partials for them. No authorization required. Can we stop here, though? Yeah. Did you hear that? Like people listening, did you catch that? They're going to focus on the 12 to 18 year olds and make partials for them. I felt slimy saying that. I got to be honest with you. When I read that for the first time before our last podcast on this, I I had to reread it a few times, honestly, because you hear about all this like nasty stuff out there, but to read it and to see, to kind of be in the mindset of these two planning it, it just brought it home how just bad people can be, you know? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's continue, Dr. Lookhart. All right. And, I, and before I get back into Dr. Lookhart, I'm just going to say big expletive whenever I even think about all that. So there you <laughs> go. Uh, let's see. Where did we? Uh, I can't think of many times we when we would make a partial for a kid, though. We're going to burn through new patients at three to four times the normal rate we have been. We also need to ask Joan if this is a for sure deal. I believe Joan is a contact up in the legislature. And I doubt it would go back to the way it was. It's for sure. It's published. The only way around it, it would be if all the dentists came together and asked for a cap increase. And the cap hasn't been increased since 2007. That's not likely either. This sucks. How much per year do we now have that wouldn't be covered next year? A lot. We have to figure out how to plan to structure things now. This is also really bad news for patients. Terrible for them. Because if they need eight fillings and a crown, that's changing to eight fillings and an extraction or one crown and eight extractions. Yeah, pretty much. A ton more extractions. But the hard part is it's easy to point out decay and say, let's take care of that and get acceptance. It's going to be way harder to point out decay on a tooth that doesn't hurt and say, let's rip it out. True. I honestly see it turning into a free quad of fillings with sedation. It'll be a good thing we have three pumps. I'm not excited. That's what I figure will have to happen. I'm not excited either. I'm looking through the list, trying to find a loophole. Build the fillings in June. But that only runs so far. Looks like vert bite wings are out too. That sucks. Since 2008, the fee schedule was revised mid-fiscal year three times. What does that mean? It is possible to get changes with enough support. Alaska received $150 million for the Medicaid expansion. They shouldn't be reducing benefits. Yeah, good luck pushing that through. Essentially, nothing is covered anymore. Correct. Just extractions. That is a major blow. I think we're going to have to shift the emergency treatment model and then the denture model or the large family model. Yeah, more families like the savages. Now, let's stop here for a second. Because the Savages was not capitalized. So I don't know if that means the Savage family. Like we have a friend named Rhonda Savage. And I was thinking maybe it's the Savage family. Or was she talking Savages like the people in the bush? I I don't know. And it was offensive to read, to be quite honest. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that I've just been shuddering as I've been reading this. So, yeah. 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 
All right. So more families like the savages, Dr. Lockhart. The only thing I see that went up was complicated. Suture greater than five centimeters went up to 748 from six something. I saw that too. Interoral photos are gone. Off okay, kids. So, oh, sorry. No Sidebar on this. Uh, prior to the change, he had been paid for over 1,500 interoral photos, which would have totaled about $83,000. So that's a pretty nice chunk of change. And also, if you've ever listened in on any of my classes and Somebody will always say, are intraoral images paid for? And I will say sometimes, and somebody will always say, no, I never get paid for them. I'm telling you, you can get paid for them. (laughs) It just depends on the plan. Okay, continue. Sorry. Back in character. (laughs) Off kids too. The crappy part is I feel we are super tied to Medicaid because of the sedation. I really don't want to practice without it. It does suck, but I know we will tweak our model to make up for the change. Now we could really use another op, run three Medicaid sedations per day in sedation op, run a procedure chair, a limited chair, and a denture chair. Yeah, seriously. And then you need two to three full-time hygienists to keep the fire going. Yep. We will have to become known as the denture place or that toothache place. Yeah. I broke one of my rules. I asked Guy if he knew about all of this. And? He's the only crew member not on my blocked list. You'd think his dad would fight it. He said he knew about the changes. And what's his plan? Grip and rip and make a denture. I guess so. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. All right. So I'm guessing this is somebody that's uh, part of the, the Medicaid program. But grip and rip and make a denture is terrible. There's a lot of issues just with that one sentence. (laughs) Let's be honest. All right. Okay. Start off with, I guess so. Go ahead. Sorry. I guess so. It will be hard. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking of Griffin. I am. am. I'm trying to figure out how to work that into an article coming up. Uh, My my stupid brain looked on how I would make that into a graphic for Pinterest or something. If that's not a t-shirt by the end of this year, somebody's doing it wrong. I'm just telling you. So, grip and rip, baby. This is a good name for like a, a volleyball team. When when I worked for Buddy, we were much younger. Obviously, we had a, a volleyball team that, for oh, the office, and we I were called the we were called the Extractors. <laughs> that's awesome. So here's the thing. I think Grip and Ripper is a. Oh, wow. That's I mean, a great volleyball team name. That, that absolutely is. Or, you know, I, I'm thinking about my fantasy football team for next year. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot that can be done right there. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. We're not supposed to have fun on this. We're, we're not. Wait. <laughs> okay. Back, back to it. I guess so. It'll be hard to tell the patients, look, you have 15 teeth, but I can't help you in any other way than to rip them out. Hygienists are going to flip about it, too. Yeah, no SRP. Honestly, I don't even want to profi unless they are sedated. Never SRP. Makes me want to search after more PPO patients. We will have to. They would be your second chair patients. Comp ortho just got reduced from like 5,500 a case to 3,000 a case. I'm still limited to orthos only. And Dr. Luff just bought a building in Wasilla. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Stop thinking about grip and rip. Grip and rip is just reverberating through my head. Okay. (laughs) So, and Dr. Luff just bought a building in Wasilla. We also need to market wisdom teeth like crazy B. And then I mean to say crazy with an asterisk. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm looking at codes right now. That lady wants a new upper denture, but had one like two years ago. Patient D, is she getting one? We also need pa- sedation time for patient E from her bleach tray impressions today. When K person gets back. Sure. Now all Medi bleach trays are sedation. So basically she's just saying even trays for bleaching are going to be done under sedation. Okay. I'm trying to get him somewhat worked up because he is politically involved. This is the previous person that she was contacting. So basically we need to get in with all of the emergency rooms. Oh, I just read your line. You, you did grip and rip <laughs> that away from me. I tell you what. Okay. So. All right. Go ahead. You do your spin. <laughs> so basically we need to get in with all the emergency rooms. Yes. This blows. And good thing I just got a $2 million loan. It just means we need to do things a little differently. We need to adapt and we will. A little? All right. So it's more than a little. Almost completely B, W. Oh, new, asterisk. <laughs> How much does a three-hour sedation make us? Twenty-one thirty-one. Now, that's because she added up a whole bunch of units and stuff. So 2,131 is the number she came up with. So 6K a day in sedation plus 1050 times three? 3150. 9,500 a day on Medi is our max, unless it involves extractions. Unless you're full mouth extractions. Whew, that's a heck of a passage Dude. here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So basically, they decided that everything they were going to do is now having to be done under sedation. And rather than actually treating gum disease by doing the scaling and root planings, they're going to extract. That's that's crazy. Uh, There's so much of this. And I know, you know, I made a little bit of a joke about the grip and rip and, and, (laughs) but but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that's just, that's, that's heart wrenching. And, and the problem is our fine friends in dentistry know this, our patients don't know better and they trust us. And when, when you're doing it for reasons that don't benefit your patients, but yourself, that's a huge problem. So let me go to, let's focus on Miss Shauna here because the next part of what we're going to read, uh, Kevin, you're not actually going to be Dr. Lookhart. You're going to be a friend that she's texting. Oh. And it, it's not clear who that friend is. So it's just going to be a friend that she's texting. Oh, I'm sorry. It is clear. It's her mother. Oh, so you get to be my mother. That's awesome. That's wonderful, dear. <laughs> I'm going to do my business outfire here. Okay. Here's the thing is that she was, you know, she, she had a lot of full at this office and she was doing things that she was getting away with. And so, of course, you start to feel like you can do most of anything. So there were times when dental procedures were done, not by people who were licensed to do it. There were also treatment plan recommendations made that were not necessarily driven by, of course, dental care. There's definitely testimony from one patient where she basically talked him into doing sedation you know, that that's because they could get things paid. They even had an undercover agent go in as a patient. You have to obtain a warrant for that. And they did. Uh, They had an undercover agent go in as a patient. And she did the same thing to this person. She recommended sedation when it wasn't needed and said it would be best and really didn't give other options, which you're supposed to give all of the options. There's a lot wrong here. And I know we're going to kind of end up on on Miss Shauna because, oh, my gosh, there's just so much here. So, Mama Henry, you want to go ahead and uh, get ready to do these texts? Are you ready? Well, well Shauna, I must ask you a question first, because yes. unfortunately, my computer uh, shut down uh, my uh, script here. So I'm having to find where you are. So could you give me a page? Page 43. Okay. 
Let me scroll down yeah. here. I'm so sorry. And you know, mom, I make so much money now. I bought you a good computer. What's you, going on? You, you know, I raised you better than this. <laughs> okay, here we go. You uh, find it? Did you find it where I'm yes. going to talk about what I did yesterday? You, you pulled out two teeth on a guy? Why do you ruin my joke? You ruined my, <laughs> you ruined my delivery. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let me go oh, get started. I'm ready, dear. Go ahead. I pulled out two teeth on a guy yesterday, now that you've ruined it. <laughs> Did you punch him to knock them loose? No. It was a real patient. Seth let me do it. Dressed in your sports bra? Yes. What the heck's that about, Kevin? <laughs> well, I had to ask a question, dear. <laughs> All right. And so I attached a, a movie. I attached, a, I guess, proof of what I did. I bet the guy liked that. Kind of interesting, but I may not eat breakfast now. He was asleep. He didn't know I did it. That's terrible. All right. He had a major infection, so he pulled out his two front teeth and drained the abscess. Will he get implants? He will get a partial. If he could afford implants, he could get some. Oh, God. So... You know, listen, I never sent text messages to my mom about anything I did at my office because who really wants to get texted about getting a claim paid? But she's apparently got some real fun stuff going on there. So that tells me that the mother is, I guess, unaware of some of the shenanigans. I don't know. I don't know what Mama Cranford is all about. You don't Um, need to assume, dearie. (laughs) All right. Come out of character, please. Okay. All right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So here's a conversation between uh, Dr. Lockhart and his friend, uh, Drew Solomon, who is a friend from dental school. And he was the one that uh, he wanted to bring to Alaska. Remember, he mentioned that earlier in the the text conversations. He'd previously come up for a week in 2016. And all the work that he did was billed as though it was performed by Dr. Lockhart. So there's another level of, you know, naughty, naughty, Let's go through their conversation. Again, remember, I'm the friend and you are, of course, the good Dr. Lockhart. Of course. I will say this. When Medicaid took away unlimited fillings for adults, I decreased fillings a lot and crowns too. Where I used to be able to take care of everything in a mouth, now I can only get one to two quads done max. Then wait for benefits to renew. Just got to adapt. You decrease fillings and crowns? It was hard for me to leave teeth knowing they would, they would rot out before I could get to them. Oh, yeah, I do way less now, maybe a third of what I used to do. Once I changed my thought process to knowing the teeth would rot before the patient would be willing to pay to get it treated, it made it easier. LOL. I don't know what to expect with working up there. Odds and ends mostly, and lots of sitting around. I bet I sit around two to three hours a day over the course of the whole thing. Seriously? Oh, yeah, probably. Maybe not three, but a solid one to two. I spent a decent amount of time waiting for patients to wake up. For example, I had my first two sedations today, booked for two hours each. Both went on monitors as soon as they are there. By the time they are pre-opt, and I had both IVs started and all drugs given and titter. Titrated. Titrated? Okay, a little nervous there. Sorry, titrated. It was about 30 minutes in. Then I got one numb, then the other. Let it set in for five to 10 minutes. How strict are you on NPO? I went to do my hygiene exams. So I didn't really start working until about 50 minutes after they were there. Took it whizzies in about five minutes. I think that's took out whizzies. Oh, oh, we're there. Thank you. See? (laughs) Rip and rip. Okay. Then took the other eight teeth in about 15 minutes and sat and taught the girl to stitch. Then I let out their Depravan run out. 
You are so fast. That would take me three hours. And give Toradol and wait for them to wake up. That's the beauty of sedation, man. You're paid to be slow. Well, then watch out. I'm going to be the top dog in Alaska. At start, I booked... Sorry, I, I got to stop right there. You know, there's just... Wow. Wow. Did you catch that, though, that he's teaching somebody to stitch up? Uh, that's that's the part I uh, that's honestly kind of stuck with me right now. He's teaching the girl to stitch. Yep. So he's using the patient as a live model. And I'm going to bet a lot of money that that patient had no idea that was going to be the case. Oh, I bet not either. Uh, not to mention that if the girl in, in question is, is an assistant, I doubt that they have those kinds of, I guess, what is that called? Uh, permissions. I, I would guess so too. Even if you're, you're, you're on the job training still, that's not, that's not something you could do. I I'm pretty sure in the state of Alaska. So. Yeah. All right. Let's finish this, this tech okay. stuff up. It's a lot of you talking and then we'll, we'll end on that because it's like, Oh my goodness. It's always me talking. All right, here we go. <laughs> At the start, I booked all sedations for two and a half or three hours. And I would just get what we could get done in that time. Or sometimes when the schedule isn't full at all, I'll make a deal with patients saying, I'll do the RCT and crown both for free, but you have to be sedated for three hours. And it had to be two appointments. So six hours of sedation. They get a free RCT and crown, and I get 4200 spread over two days. LOL. It's crazy that Medicaid will pay for sedation or whatever. How do you split up the six hours? Just do two-stage endo for everyone? At the start, I wouldn't be surprised if I dripped back to that more simple to fill chairs. No, I do the endo for three hours, then do the crown the next day. How do you make the crown procedure take that long? I don't. Seems like the assistant should be making the best temps ever. I just keep them on the pump. They have a crazy long recovery. It's a good time to train for sure. So I could book someone for three whoa, hours. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's me. That's me. Oh, Hold sorry. Up. Sorry. I was got all excited <laughs> there. Back to thinking about the dual assistants here. Sorry. So I can book someone for three hours for two wisdom teeth, then three hours for the other two. Sure. But extracts, I try to condense so you don't deal with the limited opening and swelling. Okay. So let's take a break here because what you just heard he when he said i just keep them on the pump and they have a crazy long recovery so this was one of the charges in the case because it's amazing this guy was keeping them on sedation longer than they needed to which is a medical risk and so that was part of the charges that he endangered the health of the patients unnecessarily for money. The longer you keep somebody on sedation, there's a risk. You have to be careful with this. I mean, what happened to do no harm? Of course. Ugh. And I would love to know, you know, so he's training the assistants about the, with the stitches, as he said, and, and with a couple of other things. And I'm sitting here going, what kind of medical training did they have if an emergency happened in the practice? I would be real curious to know what they would have done if somebody had been under too long, let's say. That's a great question. And I'm scared to find out the answer to that. Yeah. So I'm going to put that in the back of my mind there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you're talking about how you try to condense your extractions. All right. Uh, and then I'm going to go with, why not book them a yep. month apart? You can, but wisdom teeth aren't the most pleasurable experience. So you might have a bunch that don't come back. You're better off doing it with fillings. True. Or crowns. I'm just not good at them. Some of ELO, I take a long time. So that, that's a procedure for extractions. Yeah. So it sounds like you have time to take your time on procedures. But when I look at your schedule, it looks so slammed. I guess when everyone is asleep, they don't care. It's both, man. It's slammed, but I can take my time. 
Okay, that is the end of the dramatic reading of the text oh. uh, with Dr. You know, playing the part of Dr. Lookhart and Shauna Cranford's mother is Kevin Henry. Oh, thank you, dear. <laughs> I am really just uh, speechless on this. And I remember during the, the chew on this episode, I kept saying it's terrible, it's awful. But I really knew, I knew that when we did the reading, it would really bring home to people who are working in the office just how easy this flow of conversation was and how it quickly devolved into how can we find the loopholes? How can we do this so it makes more money? I mean, it just, it's so egregious. Calling it unethical, it just doesn't seem like enough. And let's make sure everybody understands something. These are all in court records that we're reading. These were, you know, so it's something that is public record. That's where we pulled these from. We are not making light of the situation in any way, shape, or form, but there are some things in here that honestly, I almost have to laugh about in order to really process that it's real because I cannot imagine the anger that I would have if I had known that my daughter, my mother, my friend, whatever, had been in this situation simply because somebody was figuring out a scheme to make more money. Absolutely. So this Dr. Solomon too, he was, you know, I guess, okay with doing that. He came up to Dennis, came up to Alaska and was looking to do this. And, and I don't know if he was involved in some of the conversation or, you know, to build the case against it. I am stunned that this happened. I'm sad that this happened. Yeah. I'm grateful to the investigators for being so thorough in it because you don't really understand it until you see it read it and kind of process it. I mean, because we can hear this all the time in the forums, right? Like, oh, I worked for this dentist and he sucked. He was unethical. He asked me to do this, this, and this. And you kind of go on to the next question. But I hope for those of you listening, this has had an impact on you that this is out there. And this is also the patient attitude we have to deal with. If you have a patient who has dealt with somebody like this, even in the lower 48 states, it doesn't have to be Alaska. This happens all over the country. Imagine them coming to your office and they think that you're just, you know, you're a rip and gripper. Wait, grip and ripper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and do you think about, you know, any state, wherever you're living right now, you know, as well as I do, you've heard in the news, you've heard from a friend, you've heard something that something like this has gone on that is unethical. And in a time whenever dentistry has been so ravaged by COVID-19, you know, our practices, our businesses, everything else. And we have to gain back the trust of the patients just in terms of them getting back in for fear of infection. Now we also have these little news stories that come out and, and patients all of a sudden start going, do I really need that crown? And I think that that's something that we in the dental industry have to be proactive about and say, don't let the one, boy, the one bad apple spoil the whole crop. Absolutely. I was upset about the whole sedation thing that, that made me really angry, but I was truly livid truly livid thinking about kids who were going to get partials because this doctor just wants to pad his wallet. I mean, that's just, that is criminal. It's truly criminal at that point. Truly. There's so many wrong things in what we read that you're right. There's, there's the, the dental assistant learning how to stitch. There's the partials. There's the reach out to in the bush because they don't know better. Uh, You know, there's just so much that is so wrong. And I hope it's a, it's a lesson that if you ever have ethics, a shred of ethics, don't go down this road, my God. You know, and I have to wonder when you're living in an area up there where there's not a lot of options for employment. Yeah. I guess it is harder for an assistant to say, well, I have a great job here. He pays me. You have to be strong enough inside to walk away from that because you're the one who has to sleep at night and deal with this. 
You do. And, and I think to, you know, some of the dental practices that I've worked with in Juno and to be perfectly honest, you're right. They, they all know each other. They refer to each other. There's actually a Juno uh, dental society there, you know, and it's not big, but I think back to the assistants who are there and you're right. If they want to leave a practice, their options are pretty limited if they want to stay in that area. What do you do, especially in a time when, when we know our economy isn't, hasn't been the greatest? It's tough, but at the same time, I hope the people's ethics will will override everything else. Well, I hope this has been uh, not only entertaining, and we, of course, we mean that, like Kevin said, we're not making light of it, but I hope it has been entertaining to digest, but I hope it has given you some food for thought, something to chew on. I have to get the name of our other podcast. There you go. I like it. Chew on this, and I'll link that episode in the show notes. I'll, of course, link these this court document. And I'll also link another article that was written up by a local Alaskan newspaper so that you can read more about it. We're going to end on this. Any closing thoughts, my friend? Uh, Do the right thing. I think if we all do that, this world's a better place just overall, not in dentistry, but overall. Yeah. I don't uh, feel one bit sorry for Dr. Lockhart or Shauna, you know, office manager to office manager. Shame on you. Shame on you. Oh, goodness. She's going to be a case study in my classes from here on out. I'll tell you that. I believe that. Dear listeners, I know that uh, this was a lot. This was a long episode. I hope it was helpful to you. And (laughs) may your year never be full of something like this. (laughs) So until the next time, thank you so much for listening in on this podcast. Nobody told me that. We're all super busy, so thank you for making time for me today. The show notes will have any links that we referenced in this episode. You can also find links for my book and for my live events and webinar schedule. I speak often around the country on management and insurance issues. Come hang out with me in one of my classes. I promise you'll laugh and learn.